Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the symphony orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Monday. It is the 10th of October. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. A recent report has found the annual rate of family premiums for private employer-sponsored health insurance has increased significantly for Iowans. We get the details from IPR's Natalie Krebs. The annual report by the State Health Access Data Assistance Center, or SHADAC, at the University of Minnesota found the average premium for family coverage increased by about 9 percent from 2020 to 2021. That's way above the national average increase of 3 percent. Robert Hest is a research fellow at SHADAC. He says the reasons for the increase could have to do with Iowa's relatively small population size. Because there's a smaller population, it doesn't take as many employers, large employers, to make changes to the types of plans they're offering or to the cost of those plans to really swing these statistics. The report estimated about 87 percent or 1.2 million Iowans who work in the private sector were offered employee-sponsored insurance last year. Both major party candidates in Iowa's new 3rd Congressional District say they support boosting U.S. energy production but aired differences over carbon pipelines during a radio debate last night. Congresswoman Cindy Axney, a Democrat from West Des Moines, says it's time to look at other ways to reduce carbon emissions. She says the pipelines would make an insignificant dent in carbon output. These private investors, they seem to be getting all the money and our farmers and other landowners are going to be at the short end of the stick. I don't think this is a good use of eminent domain because it doesn't do enough for the public. Zach Nunn of Bondurant is the Republican running against Axney. The state senator says carbon sequestration is a great way to help farmers and Iowa's ethanol industry, but he did criticize the three companies that have unveiled carbon pipeline routes through Iowa. The private sector has tried to cut across people's land, spending very little time offering fair market value. So here's what I would suggest. Always, if there's the opportunity for a right-of-way, meaning an area that's owned by the state or the federal government, those should be the first priorities. The two made their comments yesterday during a debate on KMA Radio. The new 3rd Congressional District covers 21 counties in central, southwest, south central, and southeast Iowa. It includes the metro of Des Moines. Climate change is causing warmer and wetter winters in the Midwest. Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai reports on a new study that shows there could be more water pollution from nutrient runoff during winter. In the past, winters mostly froze nitrogen and phosphorus on farmland. This kept it from polluting waters until the plants could absorb them in the spring. Now these chemicals are thawing out and washing away, according to a new study from the Gund Institute for Environment. That's putting parts of the upper Midwest particularly at risk for water pollution, says Aaron Siebold from the University of Kansas. It's on one hand how many nutrients are in the landscape, but then on the other side, it's also where you have the rain on snow risk. So it's kind of the intersection of those two factors. These nutrients can cause algae blooms that make swimming dangerous and create dead zones that kill fish. And a jury has awarded the Republican candidate for state auditor a million dollars in his wrongful termination lawsuit against the state of Iowa. Todd Halber was hired to be the comptroller of the Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Division in 2015 and fired in mid-2018. Under Iowa's liquor control system, the state acts as a wholesaler for Iowa businesses that buy liquor to sell to customers. Halber says he was demoted, then fired for being a whistleblower about prices, some products that were higher than allowed by law. 
Halbert's supervisors say pricing changes were made after Halbert raised the issue and he was fired for other reasons. The state could appeal the jury's verdict. Last year, the Supreme Court of the state overturned a $1.5 million jury awarded to the state's former workers' compensation commissioner. It's IPR's here first. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The overturning of Roe v. Wade in June gave states the right to determine how they want to regulate abortion and even outlaw it altogether. This has turned abortion into a hot-button political issue for this upcoming midterm for many races, including the Senate race between Chuck Grassley and Mike Franken. I spoke to Lena Murillo, an assistant professor of gender, women's sexuality studies, and history at the University of Iowa, to get some deeper historical and political context on abortion rights in Iowa. And it's critical for people to understand how their views on abortion are being manipulated for political gain. Let's start with an example of what Mario is talking about. It comes from the Family Leadership Summit in Des Moines in July. Hundreds of evangelical Christians were there. Senator Chuck Grassley spoke at the event. Bob Vanderplatz heads the organization and introduced Grassley to the stage. And when you talk about the overturn of Roe v. Wade, that is a historic move, a historic decision. Someone who knows how Washington, D.C. is played, he's stuck to his Iowa roots, and he led with the courage of conviction, and we're reaping the results today. He's referencing the role Grassley played in 2016, when as chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, he delayed former President Obama's Supreme Court nomination. This allowed former President Trump to nominate three Supreme Court justices who would all go on to get confirmed and then support overturning Roe v. Wade. Grassley welcomes the praise. But judicial confirmations do matter and elections matter and 2016 made a big, big difference. It might be hard to imagine, but abortion has not always been such a political hot button in Iowa. Lena Murillo says Iowa began restricting abortion in the mid-1800s along with other states. By the end of the 1880s, Iowa and most other states in the nation had completely outlawed abortion access, unless deemed necessary by a physician. After all, it was physicians who were at the head of the anti-abortion movement in the 1800s, and making abortion a crime was about controlling women for a nationalist purpose. Basically, the origins of making abortion into a quote-unquote crime at the end of the 19th century has nothing to do with religion, right? So this current iteration that we see around access to abortion and its deep ties to religion are, are quite new. Throughout the early parts of the 20th century, most abortions were illegal and performed underground. Murillo says many underground abortion providers were themselves physicians and existed often in plain sight. But law enforcement, the courts, and public opinion let them work because people understood abortions were a fact of life. Murillo says there was a national moral panic after World War II. Politicians and other moralists blamed easy access to abortion for women's reluctance to return to the home. In the 1960s, this was no longer a feasible conversation as broader civil rights issues came to the national forefront. In Iowa, pushes to liberalize abortion access in the late 20th century centered around overpopulation. There's a group of public intellectuals, scientists, 
a lot of these folks are funded by what today we might call dark money, so like the Rockefellers and others, to suggest that there is a crisis on the hands of the world and humanity, that there's just way too many people, and that way too many people is directed mostly towards the so-called third world, the so-called developing world. And so this really becomes part of the national discourse. And so through the War on Poverty Funds, through the Johnson administration, they create a population control committee. And so they start to give money for access to contraception. And this is when the question of abortion takes on a different sort of route where people begin to think about access to abortion as part of a larger birth control regimen. Lena Murillo says the root of many of these overpopulation concerns had to do with race and who was being born in Iowa. That is what influenced people politically, but this history is a touchy subject now. I think the overpopulation question nonetheless was a, a racist one, right? That, that concern was a highly problematic and racist question. But the fact that it was willing to bring people who have more conservative views over to the pro-abortion side tells you about the power of narrative around the issues of reproduction and who has control over other people's reproduction. And so being able to talk to people plainly and openly about that is becoming increasingly more and more difficult. Public polls published in the Des Moines Register have shown 50 years of Iowans mostly supporting legal abortion in most or all cases. Maria says abortion rights goes far beyond just the matter of choice for women and their reproductive health. It has much larger political implications. That's how Democratic U.S. Senate candidate Mike Franken framed it this summer, talking about the overturn of Roe v. Wade to IPR in between campaign stops. I have friends that are Republicans, and every female a Republican friend that I know is either silent on this issue with a, because they're so upset with their party, I think, or they're verbal about it that, my God, I can't believe we did this. Uh, because nobody wants a freedom of choice taken away from them. And that's what we've done. And that's what, that's what the Republicans have done. But Murillo says the complicated history of abortion has sort of evaporated in how it's discussed in politics and society. And this history says a lot about where the country, and Iowa, is headed amid changing demographics. The way that people seem to talk about it is that this is solely a woman's health issue and not part of a larger trajectory in the upheavals of politics in the United States, and certainly in the upheavals in politics in a place like Iowa, where currently the demographics of the state are changing, right, changing quickly where the majority of the people in the next 20 or 30 years of young people in Iowa are going to be people of color. There are what people like to call the sort of politics of identity. The conservative movement in the United States has begun to craft its own identity. And its identity is deeply aligned with the sort of Christian nationalist vision. And critical to that vision is you know, the end of abortion. And Murillo says abortion rights are being used by politicians to curtail other kinds of civil rights fundamental to democracy. And this is Here First, a podcast from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters.